0: A man who limits his interests limits his life. Welcome to the Collector's Corner. I'm your host, Elliot McAvoy, and that was a quote from the great Vincent Price. I'm here today with my good friend, Stephen Mathias. Hey. And today we will be talking about our favorite genre, horror. Love it. I love it too. So, Steven, why are you so into horror?
1: I have to pick a reason. Just one reason? Give me three. Give me three, okay. Um, I don't know. First of all, I really don't know. That's my first reason. Not not the I don't know in the sense of I have no idea why I like this. I shouldn't. No, it's not like that. It's it's really, I've always liked it. I can't remember not liking horror at any point. When I was a kid, like my favorite parts... Of movies were the scary parts. Movies that weren't necessarily scary, but you know, uh, Disney's Aladdin, my favorite part was the very beginning. It was like, the diamond in the rough. Or, or the uh, cave that is like, who disturbs my slumber? And you know, like my younger brother would like hide under the covers when that happened and I would just eat it up. Or like The Empire Strikes Back. When Luke goes into the cave and faces Darth Vader and finds out his, um, it's himself. And it's just a wonderfully creepy scene. these snakes everywhere and all that. And I've just always loved it. So, one reason, I suppose, is I just always have okay. of the scariest things. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is I'm a degenerate.
0: I, I know. Yeah. I <laughs> know
1: this. That doesn't nah, count. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a degenerate, but that's what most people who don't understand or like horror they seem to think, they're like, oh, you know, you're know, you such a deviant you like all that blood and gore and for me, it's the depth of the human psyche and the primal need to experience fear that just drives me I, I seek out all the horror I can in some of the most creative storytelling if you know where to look sometimes it's not so creative
0: Why do you like to be scared so much?
1: Oh, you don't get to ask me that until you tell me why you like horror so much. Why
0: I like horror? I like it because I get an adrenaline rush. Like, it's scary. So, like, my heart starts beating faster, you know, all this stuff. It's just terrifying, and I love it, and I don't know why, basically.
1: Well, let me me press you a little bit, because there's plenty of horror that you're not scared by, that you still love.
0: Give me an example.
1: The Walking Dead. Doesn't scare you necessarily, but you love that show. Yeah. Why? I mean, you, you talked about like the adrenaline rush. You don't necessarily get an adrenaline rush from horror that you're not terrified of, but you still love it anyway. I, I have plenty of films like that.
0: That's a hard question. I can't seem to find an answer. Um, I guess it's just the unique ideas that are. Rooted in people's heads that this could be scary to someone, or just a whole post-apocalyptic kind of idea.
1: Yeah, I, I, at least that show in particular is built upon the need for survival, and it's it's uh, what we call survival horror, right? Okay, so that does lead into why do we like to be scared so much? What's that other quote uh, from Vincent Price that you found? Was uh,
0: it's as much fun to scare as to be scared.
1: Yeah, so being scared and whatnot, that is fun. Um, and everybody likes horror and exploitation, whether they like to admit it or not. You know, uh, For instance, okay. The Avengers. Multi-million dollar uh, grossing film. And you right?
0: classified that as horror?
1: It has horror elements, exploitation elements, things that people would normally think, you know, that actually belongs squarely in horror, but instead, for some reason, it's a mainstream pop culture sensation. Think about this. The plot of the Avengers is a bunch of freaks fighting off an alien invasion. Freaks that shouldn't exist. There's a soldier who's been created with a super soldier serum. There's a guy who caught a blast of radiation and now turns into a horrible green rage monster. There's uh, a deep undercover operative who uses guns and sex to defeat her enemies. And uh, there's these supernatural beings from outer space who band together to fight off this horrifying alien invasion where the aliens essentially look like skeleton creatures coming out of the sky and giant flying like shark things that are like outer space aircraft carriers all of that is very much a horror mm-hmm. premise and so you know everyone likes horror let's talk, let's talk another one um, pirates of the Caribbean
0: you know, I first saw that and I was scared. But I did see it when I was younger, so it makes sense for me to be scared.
1: It came out when you were, like, five.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it when I was five.
1: I was 13. I saw it in theaters. But yeah, you know, like, zombie pirates.
0: Yeah, when, when uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Rush walked into the moonlight and he just became a skeleton. I was like, holy shit, man.
1: The moon shows us as we really are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everybody watching it was like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's horror. That's horror right there. And people who say they hate horror films love Pirates of the Caribbean. They love the Marvel films. And there's horror all over those things.
0: You were telling me one time about how Disney movies are horror. Could you expand on that?
1: Oh, like, they're all based on these folk tales. And... The folk tales that they're based on, lots of them German and European, were designed to scare children so that they wouldn't do problematic behaviors. The whole point of Aesop's Fables, of Grimm's Fairy Tales, was to scare children. And some of the original ones are incredibly gruesome. You know, Hansel and Gretel don't escape um, in some of the versions of the story. They get cooked and eaten. In other versions of the story, they convince the witch to climb in the oven, and they cook her. And if that's not horror, you know, it's cannibalism, child endangerment. <laughs> um, and the story of Little Red Riding Hood is essentially a werewolf tale in which a wolf eats a grandmother and impersonates her to eat the child.
0: That is pretty terrifying.
1: Yeah, that is pretty terrifying. Uh, and all these Disney films were made of that. Uh, Let's, let's talk uh, one of the most horrific Disney films that was made early on was definitely Pinocchio
0: that film terrified me I watched it when I was a young kid actually my parents wouldn't let me watch it don't know why but they are kind of conservative so kind of that explains it uh, but I watched it in 5th grade with my uh, like during lunch we'd watch half an hour of it during lunchtime, time um, in Little chunks. and when he got to the Paradise Island and everyone started turning say. into the donkeys and it was just like everyone's a slave and I'm like whoa this is really intense
1: yeah I mean the, the turning into donkeys thing
0: that really got me
1: that that's terrifying and then there's the whale being like swallowed by a whale from the depths if uh, one part biblical the other part is just our innate fear of the sea Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, and then there's the entire premise of this doll that is essentially possessed by some sort of force to come to life. Wants to be a real boy. He's a puppet, you know. And Geppetto is what a sorcerer.
0: He's supposed to be a puppet maker or a shoemaker. Which one
1: was it? He's a puppet maker. but He creates Pinocchio, and Pinocchio comes to life. And you know, in another context, that's the fucking Conjuring.
0: Yeah, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, Disney is terrifying. Uh We, watch, we show these films to <laughs> young children, and then we say, but you can't watch horror movies. You let them see Disney all the time.
0: So you're saying Disney is the biggest horror franchise in the world. Are you saying that?
1: No, I'm not saying that. But I, I will say it's... uh it underlines the presence of horror in our tales and in our society. It is basically a vehicle for these fantastic tales that are essentially scary morality tales. The beauty and the beast has a lot of horror in it as well. Um, the whole torch and pitchforks, you know, kill the beast thing. Uh, There's an allegory there for racism or homophobia in many cases, if you want to view it that way, but there's also a lot of the elements of things like the Wolfman, where there's this lycanthrope, this man who turns into a beast, um, then also has eyes for a pretty girl, who's actually very, not just kind of, but very rapey, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) you know, very uh, horrific, um, spells and enchantments and witches and all sorts of things. Yeah. So there's a lot of horror in Disney. Is my point.
0: So if you start out being scared by a little kid.
1: By a little kid, or as a little kid, because I, I get mean, I get scared by children. You get children. scared by little
0: kids too. Yeah. As a little kid, by Disney, as a little kid, do you think that would kind of progress into liking horror as an adult?
1: Oh, it certainly could, but. For some reason, it doesn't. Because what is Disney most popular with? And we can't say it's kids, right?
0: It's with adults.
1: It's it's with... Uh, millennials. Millennials. Uh, specifically, I, I hate to generalize here, so nobody lynch me, please. But... Specifically, it seems to be very popular with millennial women. Um, plenty of millennial men like it, too. But... It's definitely uh, somehow a a female-centric thing. They love Disney. That's the largest demographic for the new Disney films. I mean, I've even seen a uh, meme going around for the new Incredibles 2 movie that's just out this week. um, Where people are saying, please don't bring your young children to see this movie. It's not for them. It's for all of... uh, the millennials who grew up watching the original mm-hmm. and have waited like fifteen years
0: to see the movie. To see the movie, I identify with that. You do. I do. Yeah, I consider myself part of that group that enjoys Disney movies and would rather sit in the movie theater without little kids so I can enjoy the goddamn cartoon by myself.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, uh, that, that's 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 obvious, but. It's just, just to show you um, where these films really are targeted. And yet, many of the people I would wager who go and see Incredibles 2 and love these Disney films and watch on on repeat aren't fans of horror.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: It's a cultural stereotype. They don't see the connections in horror because they aren't horror fans. You know, I I am a massive fan of horror. Uh, It's my favorite genre, period. Um, Of really any medium. And I've watched enough of it. Mm -hmm. This is the guy who has 1,700 Blu-rays and counting. Um,
0: So that's what you collect, is is movies.
1: Yes, uh, this is the collector's corner. I collect movies. Uh, among other things, but especially film. And I've seen... not all the horror there is, but I've seen the large majority of what's out there. I watch it religiously, relentlessly, sometimes to the exclusion of responsibilities. And uh, I can see those connections. A lot of people who... Have been fed the stigma that horror is damaging to society, still watch Disney and don 't see the connections there. They think there's just slightly scary parts
0: so did you answer why do you like to be scared so much
1: I don't really think we even got to that yet, did we
0: i don't think so. We bunched it a couple times, so I don't think we actually touched on it.
1: well why do you like to be scared so much
0: I like to be scared so much because it makes me feel it doesn't make it Well... It really puts life into perspective. Like, it's not as bad as it could be. Like, my house isn't possessed by a fucking demon. Like, hooray. Um... If you believe demons are true.
1: Well, I do, but that's another conversation. <laughs>
0: uh... It's... It puts life into perspective. Like, oh, it's not as bad as it could be. It's also massively entertaining. Uh... Like Sinister, for example, the movie Sinister. Excellent film. It's a great film. It's one of the scariest films that I have ever seen. I would say. Uh, there's not a lot of jump scares, but it's kind of like a psychologically scary movie.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just a overwhelming feeling of dread the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I first watched it, I'm you know uh, hardened horror veteran, and I first watched that film, and I had to take mm-hmm. breaks. during it just so I could uh, come back to it and like take a take a breather and, and tell myself it was only a movie
0: yeah it's I don't even know why I like to be scared so much but just the feeling it gives me in my heart and in my head I just crave it I crave it more and more no matter how scary it is it could be the scariest thing I've ever seen and I want something scarier
1: yeah and, and let's talk about that uh, what is fear in it's simplest definition
0: it's excitement, but scary.
1: <laughs> excitement, but scary. Fear is uh, just like happiness, or anger, or sadness is it's an emotion. It's an emotion, and we as humans are designed to feel emotions. You know, that's part of who we are. All living things, well, excluding plants, though I'm sure some people think that flowers have feelings. Um, who knows? They might. But most living things, especially anything like above the insect level, demonstrate emotions. We have two cats, right? We have uh, Hades and Fry. They both demonstrate emotions, different emotions Mm -hmm. all the time. So living things feel emotions and humans especially so probably in some of the most complex ways um, of any animal. And we now live in a society where certain emotions just aren't readily or consistently felt anymore. I think fear is probably chief among them because our society is, for the most part, safer than it has ever been in its history. Right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We don't have cause to feel afraid. It's not like uh, several hundred years ago where... If you were living out in the wilderness, away from the city, there were things you had to be afraid of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And it's a primal instinct. Fear is. Happiness has to be nurtured. Anger, sadness, those are emotions that had to be nurtured. Fear is part of our innate primal nature, like uh, the fight or flight response. Talk about mm. so often. Uh, generated by fear we have two different reactions to it and yet now at this point in history we don't experience fear on that regular primal level and going to the cinema and seeing a horror film gives us the opportunity to experience that in a still safe place Mm -hmm. and to uh experience that primal uh feeling that need to understand fear
0: so we watch horror movies because we need to feel fear
1: I, that's the basic gist of what I'm saying. I could be wrong, but uh, that's the way I've always felt about it. We need to feel fear it's part of us sure. and we don't get to experience that anymore I mean it's the same reason we ride roller coasters at theme parks. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason people do extreme sports
0: yeah
1: and uh, and do like things like skydiving and whatnot they they call that thrill-seeking but it's all based on adrenaline and adrenaline is chemical that's released when you feel fear
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i totally agree so you know it's the same reason we do all those things we go to the cinema and see scary films because we need that rush we need that emotional feeling
0: yeah
1: yeah i feel like i'm dominating the conversation i I wonder what uh, you think about all this
0: I agree with you. I didn't really have an answer, so I'm adopting yours. Victory. Victory, yes. So we've talked a lot about horror itself. But now let's talk about our favorite horror things, like movies, books, shows, comics.
1: Okay. Uh, Why don't you go first? Uh, Your favorite way to experience horror, what is it?
0: I love movies. I've loved movies ever since I was... Before I was born. <laughs> uh, movies have been in my life forever as much as my parents would let me. Once I moved out, horrors became, not horror movies became such a big part of my life. Um, now I'm kind of obsessed with them. I don't collect them like Stephen does, but I, I am obsessed with them.
1: Well, since you roommate with, you're a roommate with me, you get to avail yourself of my library.
0: Oh yeah, he's got an extensive library. I love movies. Um, Say, my favorites are "Army of Darkness," "Slither," and probably Stephen King's "It."
1: Yeah, which one though? Because there's two. There's there's the uh, original. The
0: the movie, not the miniseries.
1: Ah, yeah, the miniseries is
0: not scary. Yeah,
1: not not scary. Uh, it's, It's quite the opposite. Some people thought it was scary when they were kids. You watch it now, and you're like, "This is funny." This funny in an unintentional way.
0: Yeah, kind of sad.
1: Tim Curry did a pretty good job as Pennywise, but Bill Skarsgård blows him out of the water. In my For sure. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, how many times did we see that newer It film? It Chapter One, I suppose, is what it's called uh, in the theater. We went like three times, three or four times, three yeah. or four times, and we watched it like multiple times since on Blu-ray.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. did we get it on 4K?
1: Yeah, we did. We got the Ultra HD 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, which, honestly, was kind of underwhelming to me. Um, as a side note, because the film was shot and finished in 2K, and then uh, upscaled to 4K for the 4K release, so it does, just doesn't have the same sheen uh, that it should, uh, the, the same depth that it should as a 4K release, but it's still better than the Blu-ray, so, you know, who's actually complaining here? Not, Not me. Uh though side note if you want an excellent 4K Blu-ray regardless of what you think of the film Star Wars The Last Jedi is probably the best 4K I've ever seen it's uh, finished in uh, Dolby what is that color Uh, it's the new Dolby um, color format that just has an incredible uh, depth to it and detail uh, as well as the Dolby Atlas soundtrack, which is just mind-blowing, eardrum-blowing. It's great.
0: You couldn't tell. He's a li- little bit of a movie buff. Just a bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, my, my favorite horror movies are um, also horror comedies, so they're scary and funny at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, comedy and horror, they go together. Uh Roger Corman, who's the great producer of New World Pictures, also directed a number of the uh, Edgar Allan Poe films starring Vincent Price, one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, he often said that comedy and horror are essentially the same thing, it's just the punchline is different. you know, you got to build the joke and then deliver the punchline. The same thing with horror, you build the scare and you deliver that punchline. And For that reason, he included a lot of comedy in his horror films. You watch, like, Humanoids from the Deep, Mm -hmm. or Piranha, uh, or (laughs) Galaxy of Terror. (laughs) uh, There are definitely jokes peppered throughout, and now it's par for the course. Anytime you have a horror film, there's some comedy there, Uh, even in The Conjuring, or sinister Mm -hmm. films that are relentlessly scary almost the entire time, there's humor as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that is necessary. It goes together. Uh, Corman said he noticed he was watching a film one time, one of his uh, Edgar Allan Poe films back in the 60s. He was in the theater watching uh, an audience test screening and he noticed that every time something scary would happen, the audience would first scream or gasp and then afterward they would laugh. As though they needed to release that tension with laughter. And that's when he realized that horror and comedy went together.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that.
1: Excuse me really quick. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm sick, so bear with me.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel that. Um I know one of the things when I was watching Sinister, um it would build and build and build and build, and then something not scary would happen, like a door would open, and then a few minutes later it would build and build and build and build, and then another non-scary thing would happen, like someone would blink, and you needed you kind of felt like you needed that release, and every time that there was a joke or something sarcastic said, you felt like you could laugh, you needed to laugh because it was building tension, and then you weren't getting that scare that you needed. Exactly. Yeah.
1: There's, uh, let, let's talk, out of those two films, that uh, you mentioned Army of Darkness and Slither. I can't imagine anybody listening to this podcast hasn't seen Army of Darkness. But if you haven't, if you absolutely need to. Please watch Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 first uh, so that you get the whole experience of that trilogy. But Army of Darkness is chock full of slapstick.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: pun humor.
0: For sure. That's why I like it so much. Is because I am a pun aficionado, if I do say so myself.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, that line, was it, when uh, Bruce Campbell's love interest uh, has been turned into a deadite mm-hmm. and it's in the final climactic battle and she's attacking him and tries to kiss him, you know, suck out his soul and she says, you found me beautiful once. And it's supposed to be this dramatic moment and he just says, Honey, you got real ugly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a great line. Um,
1: but what I really want to focus on is Slither, uh, James Gunn's film. Uh, not his debut directorial effort, but definitely the one that matters.
0: For sure, yeah. And
1: the starring uh, Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, uh, the great Michael Rooker, who any of you listening to this podcast will recognize as Merle Dixon on The Walking Dead, or also Yandu. And the Guardians of the Galaxy films, also directed by James Gunn. Um, that movie is gut-bustingly funny.
0: Yes. I couldn't stop laughing the entire time, but it was equally scary, because you didn't know what was going to happen next, but there were just jokes and funny things that happened all throughout the movie.
1: Yeah, and ironically, that humor, instead of keeping the tone light-hearted and making you feel like nothing bad was going to happen... The humor actually made you invested in the characters because it was delivered so well, I feel like. So by the end, when you're not sure who's going to make it out of this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and Michael Rooker is this gigantic, murderous blob, blob thing uh, from outer space, Grant Grant is this character's name, mm-hmm. Grant Grant, fucking mood Moon. moon. Um, <laughs> you're actually worried that he's going to win and kill Nathan Fillion, and you're like, no, Captain Mac.
0: Captain Mal.
1: Mal, yeah, I'm not as huge of a fan of Firefly as Mac here is.
0: I'm a huge fan of fi- Firefly. Side note, it's one of my favorite things ever, but it's not horror, so we will cover that. Oh, no, there's plenty with of horror them. in
1: it, though. Two by two hands of blue.
0: Yeah, but it's not specifically horror. I mean, there are some horror elements.
1: But what about the Reavers? Those are practically.
0: You never see a Reaver, though. That's that's the scary part. Is you never know what they look like.
1: Exactly, but the whole idea behind them is essentially that the hills have eyes in space.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: Yeah. Terrifying. All right, well, we talked about that. Let me uh, say what my favorites are. uh, I'm a diehard fan of the original Halloween. I think it's my favorite film of all time. And we're talking John Carpenter's Halloween 1978 starring uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in her first ever starring role, lead role in a film... She'd been in things like Operation Petticoat before that, but um, that was a television show and that was very ill-fated. And then Halloween made her a star, and I, I watched that film dozens of times, and I just love it. Uh, also, Dario Gento's Suspiria. Some of you, yeah, many of you uh, listening to this podcast may have never even heard of Suspiria. Please go check it out immediately. 1977, it'll blow your mind. And then, of course, this is probably a little cliche, but I just love the original Alien.
0: It's such a good movie.
1: Yeah. It's uh, the perfect antidote to Star Wars. Though I love Star Wars. Do
0: you so. have any favorite TV shows?
1: Um,
0: horror, horror?
1: Horror TV shows? Well, I mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say I love The Walking Dead. Of course. Yeah. You know there's just something uh, just undeniably good about that I'm also a pretty big fan of True Blood though it didn't end as well as it started and there's lots of melodrama that takes away from the horror but uh, still it's all about vampires, werewolves, shapeshifters lots of blood, lots of sex I mean everything you need to uh, be a horror series so uh, (laughs) I'm pretty big fan of that, what about you?
0: I really like uh, Penny Dreadful, uh, mostly because they have, it's fantasy. Like, you get these characters that you've known from classic books, like...
1: Frankenstein.
0: Frankenstein, and...
1: There's, like, Dracula as part of it, right?
0: Dracula, yeah. I'm blanking on all the names, there's There's just one... Guy, he's uh the picture of Dorian Gray.
1: Oh yeah, yeah Dorian, Dorian Gray.
0: Gray, Dorian Gray. And, oh, it it Oscar
1: Wilde, thinking. Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Famous character. Yeah. You know, I tried uh, Penny Dreadful. I didn't get quite all the way through it. I don't really think I even got through the first season.
0: I didn't either. But those few episodes that I did see, uh, I first watched uh, at a friend's house, and I felt so guilty for watching them because I knew they were horror. And I knew my parents would kill me if they ever found out, but then I started watching the show on my own, um, behind their backs, and found out that I really loved how scary it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does have a great element of horror. I think some of the writing faltered a little bit, but the, uh, violence is excellent, and the, uh costume design and everything, that seance scene in the second or third episode.
0: Brilliant.
1: And, of course, Eva Green is just gorgeous. mm mm-hmm. um, starring as uh, one of the main characters. And uh, she she actually got her start in a film by uh, Bernardo Bertolucci, a great Italian filmmaker, called The Dreamers. So, all of you fans of uh, erotic thrillers that feature way too much nudity, and could almost be considered <laughs> pornographic. You can check that out. It's pretty fantastic. And also quite uh, LGBT positive, so hooray. For Pride month.
0: Pride month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, talk really quickly. You haven't seen True Detective. I have not. So I don't want to spoil anything for you, but True Detective is another show that's got quite a bit of horror elements, at least the first season. Second season is more straight-up cop stuff, and you know, it was alright. Um, Vince Vaughn should Stick to comedy, um, <laughs> but the first season with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey is quite excellent, and I really, uh, I really recommend you watching that. Now, before we end up end here, I mean, we're a little over half an hour, so I think we're about done. But you had a comic book that you're a big fan of.
0: Yeah, I uh, collect comic books. For those of you who don't know, Steven's got his movies. I got my comic books. There's one horror comic that I particularly liked, um, it's called Vermicide, and it's by Quentin Shaw. Um, it's... it's kind of
1: independently, uh,
0: yeah, created
1: it's, and released, right?
0: Yeah, it's an independent one, so you won't find stacks of it on any comic book shelf. It's not like Marvel Comics or DC or Dark Horse. It's, uh, completely independent, um, and it's its own standalone comic book so there's it's not a series it's all the stories in one
1: just a one shot right yeah it's a one shot it's what is this like 30 pages
0: yeah it's not very long it took me all of 10 minutes to read but uh it's about something that escaped from area 51 and it's on the loose and it just shows um how the characters deal with it and it was scary the ending particularly terrified me because it's in nothing got resolved
1: In fact, it looks like shit's going to be really hitting the fan.
0: Yeah, and you just want more of it because you don't know what's going to happen next. It's all left to your own imagination, which the imagination is the scariest thing there is.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I guess what do we say now? Thank you for listening.
0: We appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Uh, You can come back, and we're going to be doing this as often as we... Yeah, I did. and if you like it yeah uh, talking about our collections and our uh, favorite things like this um, if you like it and you want to send us a request on something to talk about feel free absolutely yeah um, I'm Stephen again and I uh, am deeply apologizing for taking over the majority of this first episode no, it's, it's really okay. yeah we'll call we'll call me the the guest speaker on this episode.
0: <laughs> I'm the host, Elliot McAvoy. Uh, thank you for tuning in.
1: Ah, uh, you said it. You said I said it.
0: I said it. Um, yeah, and we'll catch you later.
1: Peace.